G'day everyone, welcome to Did You Know with Watto. I'm Watto, and in today's episode, I chat with Col Elliott about some things that maybe you didn't know. For more episodes, you can check out my YouTube channel or the podcast app, and follow my social media at Lindsay Waddington Music. Hope you enjoy. G'day, it's Lindsay Waddington here, and uh, welcome to another episode of Did You Know with Watto. And today it's very special because uh, I've always liked a practical joke and I don't mind a bit of comedy. And we've got one of the pioneers and one of Australia's funniest men you'll ever find and one of the greatest com- comics in the world, a great mate and a big legend, Mr. Cole Elliott. How are you oh, going, mate? mate that, that's 10 bucks worth of it. <laughs> that's definitely 10 bucks worth it. I love that. That's, can I pinch that? That's I, great. I reckon we can use it. What do you yeah. reckon? <laughs> Go for it, mate. I have to say, Cole, thank you for coming down and making oh. the time. I know you're still a busy man and um, you're loved by so many around the world, mate. It's great to have you here. No oh, part of this. Thank you so much, mate. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, it's given me a good life. It's given me a great life. It's great. Let's start with a few things, buddy, and um, sh- let's tell a few people around the world, which we've, we're lucky to have following us mm. on YouTube and, yep. um, and all our platforms. So where did it all start, mate? Where were you born? Well, I was born in uh, Orpington in Kent in uh, UK. Uh, I come out here, I was 18 months old. And um, uh, so I didn't, uh, you know, all I ever knew was how to be an Aussie. My mum talked like that. She, hello, love you, all right, and you know. <laughs> so, oh, and, and it was funny, it was not it was 1951, so after the war, everybody migrated to Australia, and, and around us we had uh, Uncle Bill next door who talked like, you know, hello, Cole, you're all right then, son, you know. So I listened to all these accents, and um, and up the road, uh, Mr. Mac, and he said, hello, call him where you turn, son, you know, and, he, and there was Scottish people, and, and then uh, uh, the little guy up the road who, um, he was Italian block here, really nice block, he talked like that one. And I just listened to all these kids. And when I got to, I got to school, I thought, gee, these Aussies kids are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I listened. There was We had Aussie kids around, but there was a big multicultural thing after the war and um, the beautiful sense of humour. I love English sense of humour. And um, my old man had uh, spent 20 years in the Navy. Uh, he was in Dunkirk. Uh, my mum was in the Land Army. Uh, in oh, London and in the Blitz, so uh, and she was lovely. She had her sis. She came out. Her sisters uh, came out with their husbands, and uh, uh, so we we migrated to Australia. So I, I, I always thought of myself as an Australian, mm-hmm. um, but uh, when I went back to London, I couldn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> Was it, a, was it work that brought the family out here, Cole? Was it work or no, just a change of life? It was a change of life. I think, uh, you know, they were rebuilding London. There was a lot of immigration in those days too. Australia, um, uh, I know I really laughed. It was very funny. I had a good mate of mine who's uh, Italian, right? And we joined the Navy together when we were 16. And he was telling me the other day, he says his old man couldn't speak really good English, and he thought he'd signed a form to say he was going to America. So he landed in Australia. He said, "Hey, where are we?" <laughs> so, but we know, and I just reminded me of that. I go off on tangents. Sorry, yeah. what? But um, Big Julie, a good mate of mine, and uh, we've been mates since we were sixteen. We joined the navy together. Um, but they were all different races, and I 
integrated with all those people and love them to bits, you know, just love. And I still have a lot of uh, that around me, you know. So that's important. Like you you got into uh, the Navy. Yep. And Mm. and was that because of your parents being in the Defence Forces and that's something you felt strongly about? Well, yeah, my man was a pretty pretty tough dude and... um, he didn't come out of the uh, he didn't come out of the, the war really good. Uh, he died very early. He was uh, forty nine. He sort of uh, he got into the grog, uh, gave himself a bit of a hide, and so uh, he gave us a hard time. So uh, I left home at uh, probably I was away a lot at fourteen. I was working in the stables. Um, and I was a separator. I used to separate the poop from the straw. <laughs> and uh, I worked with the horses and um, uh, I did that. And uh, then I, I saw a magazine that said, join the Navy. And I joined the Navy. I, I, I had a couple of jobs, but I joined the Navy at 16. Mm-hmm. And I went to Perth with 15 and 16-year-old kids. They don't do it anymore because there was a lot of bastardization at the time. And uh, yeah. it was a pretty tough, tough call. But I did that, and um, I spent a year at HMAS Lewin uh, in Perth, and they taught you all all the the naval stuff. Uh, plus, we went back to school, did all that. I went to sea when I was seventeen, and uh, I was on the Sydney, uh, which was a troop carrier. I was on there for a couple of months, and then uh, they were short a couple of crew for Vietnam, and uh, they sent me to Vietnam. Uh, how old? Uh, 17. Wow. And uh, I was sent, to, no one asked me how old I was. They just said, really? Elliot and a- Anderson and Elliot, me and my mate, and we were both 16, 17. Wow. So I was the youngest on board the, uh, the HMAS Hobart, and she was the first uh, Navy one that we went on loan to the Americans, mm-hmm. um, Seventh Fleet, and I was the youngest on board, and my job uh, when we were up there um, uh, under fire and everything was a spotter, and I used to spot where they were firing at us from. And um, I uh, I turned eighteen three months before I came home. But we worked in the uh, oh, this is a big story. But we worked in the um, uh, Gulf of Tonkin, mm. which is uh, North Vietnam. We used to stop them coming down, and we used to chase them into the. Uh, they used to hide, and we used to have to go in and blow them up and all that and they'd open fire on us and uh, all the shore batteries so I was under, by the time I was 17 I was under fire and it was pretty regular um, any time mate did you think I don't think I'm going to get home yeah yeah a few times yeah yeah I uh, yeah yeah we, we we came under fire quite a bit at one stage there we were we were sent in and there a spot of planes turned around and said to us you've got to go in and blow up these barges and we we went in they said you might come on under fire from one shore battery which meant one gun and we thought oh that won't be too bad so we went in there but there were 15 of them <laughs> and they lobbed in and, and uh, i never thought we'd get out of that and um we we got out the, the guys behind us uh got hit uh but we we got out of that so the closest to us that day was 10 foot off the port bow which is like 10 foot you know mm. and uh so I was an exposed personnel. I had a jacket on and a helmet, and, and I used to have to tell them where they were firing from, but uh, or if we could find it. But I remember them stepping in, and I thought, this is going to hit us. And um, uh, the chief petty officer gunner said, uh, hit the deck. I said, I'm already down here. <laughs> <laughs> so I got home. So by the time uh, I got home, I was just 18, and all my mates were still going to dances and 
I uh, was a bit shell shocked. Yeah, so it was a it was a tough call, but it it was um, what it was. Nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, a long time. The truth is, Cole, it's not because you're sitting here, but it's people like you that we have the freedom and the safety of our life, and we thank you like oh, everybody would, and everybody like you. It's a well, it's such well, a tough call at that age. My my brother. It was funny. My brother Ralph uh, was uh, yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, Ralph, you know Ralphie. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, can I tell you, he was my merch bitch. No. <laughs> I used to call him that. That's Carol. I'm sorry. I apologise. But Ralph, uh, Ralphie and I, uh, no, I wouldn't apologise. He's uh, very, we're very close. And he was in Wanra and he was at the Battle of Coral and he came under a lot of fire. He didn't, it's funny because I was the youngest brother and I'd been to Vietnam and he got called up. And when he'd done his training, all his mates turned around, um, were going to Vietnam and they called him in the office and they said, you don't have to go. And he said, why? He said, because your little brother's already been to Vietnam. And there's a, a law, I think, I forget, the Stevens Law, is it, or something like that. There were seven brothers on a, on a ship in, um, during World War II that were blown. Seven brothers were killed. Mm-hmm. So they brought out a law that if you were uh, uh, brothers, you didn't have to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they said to him, you don't have to go. He said, the only way you can go is you volunteer. He said, I don't want to leave me mates. So he went and he, he saw a lot and wow. he came back. And I picked him up off the plane when he came back. And, uh, yeah, it's it, pretty tough call. So the two, uh, two of us, my nephew, who I'm very proud of, uh, was a chief petty officer uh, clearance diver, just did 27 and a half years in the Navy um, as a clearance diver, done a rack um, IEDs. He dismantled that. He used to teach that, yeah. uh, SAS, did all that. So... Yeah, we've seen a fair bit, yeah, the family. And, and we'll, we won't go right into it, Cole, mm. but yeah. it had to be when you got home at such a young person, such a young age to be exposed to that sort of thing. Mm. It would have been hard to get back into normal life. Like, Well, we, if, Navy was never normal. No. <laughs> I loved the Navy. Yeah. Um, um, you did love it there, mate? I, I Look, I loved a lot in the Navy, but unfortunately I saw a bit too much when I was young. Um I did Vietnam and, um, okay, uh, I saw that and I, I worked my way through it, as you have to, uh, because you were there, that, that was it, and we were told what we had to do and um, our skipper was, we were, we were on loan to the Americans, we were part of the American 7th Fleet, so we went where we were told. And um, we had a great skipper who used to tell us, guys, we're going into, we're going into uh, action tonight, this is what's going to happen. Keep on your toe, you know, and then we go to action station, we go in and we do it and we get fired at. So we knew what was going to happen. It wasn't like the guys in the jungle. Yeah. I mean, it, that was tough. Navy is different, but it's still tough. Yep. And um, the problem I had in the Navy was this. When I was 19, now we're going yeah, forward yeah. a couple of years, I was on HMAS Stewart. And um, we were behind the Melbourne when she cut the Frankie Evans, USS Frankie Evans in half. Mm. And there were 84 men died and we were in the rescue boats and I saw that and I just, I I can't describe it. It, 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 it. So 84 men died. Um, The guys on the HMAS Melbourne roped up what the other half of the destroyer to the side and, and, and there were guys were just, it was just a mess. So we witnessed that. Uh, back in those days, they didn't do any uh, uh, counselling. 
They said a, a prayer. We were there 15 hours working with them, and they said a prayer about um, uh, those in the deep, all that sort of stuff, and then back to work. Everybody went, uh-huh. So mm-hmm. every creak you heard after that, so, you good. know, yeah. it, it wasn't good. So I, I witnessed that, and before that, when just off Vietnam, on my 18th birthday this yeah. was, uh, 29th of July, 1967. Yep. Um, the USS Forrestal blew up, and that was a, a, a an aircraft carrier that we were using their aircraft with, um, and uh, it a, a rocket slid along, hit all this. I mean, it blew it up. Many lives were lost. 134 men died, and we were sent in to help. Mm-hmm. And we and, and and it was carnage, so I witnessed that too. So after seven years in the lane, yeah. I think I'm a jinx. <laughs> um, yeah. I ended up at HMAS Cerberus as a recruit school instructor, mm-hmm. and I taught how to tie knots, basic seamanship, basic navigation, and all the best bars to go to in Singapore and Hong Kong. <laughs> and, um, and and so after that, I was. Uh, 23 years old and I left the Navy. I thought I had enough. Do you, do you reckon? But I did, this, I did this sort of stuff in the Navy. I was, was going to say, do you reckon that's how you sort of yes. coped with it? Yes. You, that's why you're such a funny bugger. Like you look at the lighthearted side of oh. every story to, oh. and that would have been nearly therapy for yourself as it well was. as your mates around you. Oh, it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I do a character on stage called Chooker Dennis, who's my roadie. And um, Chooker's not, you know, and he's got this distinctive voice. And um, when I was in the Navy, I didn't call him Chooker, but I had the voice and I used to walk down the mess yes. and say, so what's going on today, chaps? You know, <laughs> and it was a terrible thing. You know? And I used to, uh, uh, there was a, a I'd, I'd, I'll tell the story quickly as I can. There was a, um, a sub-lieutenant who just joined the ship. First time at sea, young guy, like 20, 20, and I'd been in the Navy ages by then and I went up and I said to the guy I think I might do the voice on him and they said oh don't I said yeah yeah what's it so walking hello sir welcome to the navy uh, I hope you have a really great this is a great ship sir I just want to introduce all my boys will you wave these are the boys from the quarter deck sir uh, welcome to the steward and and he's going on oh, how long have you been in the Navy? I've been in the Navy. Well, actually, sir, what happened? My mother uh, took a border in, so I lost my bunk. So, you know, here I am. You know, and I did this to this guy for months. Yeah. And, um, and it got that bad that my it was happening, and every time I saw him, I said, good evening, and he'd try and walk away. <laughs> Any of this, did you see the flying fish today, sir, you know? Anyway, uh, we, we were overseas in the Far East, in uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, Bangkok, around there. And anyway, he, my divisional officer, who was my in charge of me, and my, called me down to his office and he said, Elliot, he said, what are you doing to sub-lieutenant so-and-so? He said, he's in the wardroom saying there's this crazy guy <laughs> that shouldn't be in the Navy. He's not really <laughs> And he said, what were you doing? Some about a funny, what, what, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I was just welcoming him, him sir. And he laughed and laughed and he said, keep going with it. So we kept it going for two months, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, terrible. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and at night, at, sometimes at sea you would be on the bridge yeah. And um, he was the officer on the bridge that night, and I was with him just unfortunately. <laughs> and at six in the morning, you have to do 
call the hands, call the hands, you know, yeah. which means wakey, 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 um, dress of the day, numbers, you know, and all that. They tell you the dress of the day and the numbers. And So at six in the, in the morning, I said, I'll just get the uh, crew up. Said, no, I'll do it. Up. No, sir, no, it's my job, sir. Wakey, 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 call the hands, call the hands, call the hands. Dress of the day, number 10. What What are those little blue shorts we wear, sir? You know, oh, you know. and it kept going. So the whole ship knew about it, including the skipper. Uh, they knew I was a bit of a clown, um, and it got me through. Humour always got me through. I loved it. I loved it. And I played in the bars in Singapore and Hong Kong. I used to write songs like, uh, you know, uh, who put the sand in the Vaseline? Um, <laughs> you'll never see a roof rack on a hearse. You know, and I used to play in the bars in Singapore and Hong Kong for free beer. And my mates and I started a band we called the New Nissan City Ramblers Jug and Jazz Band. And, and I used to do stand-up to the Yanks or the Poms or whatever. Yeah. And loved it. And so when I got out, I morphed into it, you know. So when you left the Navy, Cole, straight yeah. into the comedy? Well, well, it wasn't as easy as that. I, I finished uh, – I, I knew that I had to get out of the Navy because I'd seen so much and I loved it. I loved the camaraderie. Still got great mates who are still, you know, I love the Navy. But – I knew I needed to do something else and I wanted to do this, mm. but there was a transition to get to that. And I was out of the Navy six weeks and uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I was drinking pretty heavy. Yep. And, um, I, I, and I think when I come back from Vietnam, I, 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 was com- I, I was drinking heavy. I was a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I decided uh, one night to go and see this girl and... Um, uh, it was three o'clock in the morning and I got behind the wheel, uh, which I shouldn't have done. Uh, anyway, cut a long story short, uh, on the way back, I uh, clipped a car, uh, hit a pole, I broke my jaw, I broke uh, my skull, I had a fractured skull, and I had 97 stitches in my head and I had one sideboard, just one. The rest of the hair was shaved and I'd smashed my tooth. That's a, a little cat there. I smashed my tooth. I was a mess. Six weeks out of the Navy, and I had no money, and I thought, and I woke up three days later. I was in a coma. Three days later, I woke up, and I thought, I can't talk. <laughs> anyway, I cut a long story short. I had a job to go to overseas with um, uh, Oceanographic Survey because he used to do sonar yeah, yeah. work, and I had a job that I was going to go go to and try out, and... Um, I went round to Jimmy's place, my mate, who's just talking to me the other yeah. day. Jimmy uh, is lead guitarist in a band, and there was a uh, show on television. Was it a go show or well, something like that? Anyway, Jimmy was playing with the band, and he come round to get me, and I was at my sister's in a dressing gown, and I was a real mess, and Jim come and got me. He said, do you want to watch the band do a rehearsal? I said, yeah, I come around, and I sat there, and, and in walked this beautiful blonde lady, with the bass player's girlfriend. And she sat next to me and I looked at her and I thought, oh, this is beautiful, you know? <laughs> And her name was Karen. Ah. And um, 51 years later, we're still married. But uh, I looked at her and she looked at me, she said, what happened to you? And I pulled my hat off and she went, oh. I said, and I can't smile now, but when I can, it's a fantastic smile. <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was a nut. Um, I met Kaz there. And you've confirmed it over the last 50 or 51 years. 51 years. We've got three daughters. We've got eight grandchildren. Um, I always say I've got three kids, one of each. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we've. Uh, she's an absolute wonderful lady. And uh, she's 
very gifted. She's an artist. And, yeah. uh, but she's put up with me for mm. a lot of years. And uh, unfortunately, our business is bloody tough because you, yeah. she was at home with the, bringing the kids up and I was on the road. The kids were calling me uncle. You know, oh, I, I, you know what the worst one? <laughs> this is true. Jay, Cassie now is 34. With we got four little girls. Yeah, she's got four little beautiful children. And um, when Cassie was little, she was about five, and I'm on the road, you know. And every night I'd ring home, as you do, you know, yeah. you ring home to the kids. And I rang home, and I said, "Hi, Cassie." She said, "Hello, Daddy." She said, "Oh, me and Rebecca painted you a picture today." I said, "Oh, that's beautiful. What did you paint?" And we gasped. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she said, "Daddy, do you want to speak to Mummy?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah. She said, "Mum, Cole Elliott's on the run." <laughs> On the phone, I went. Oh, oh, no, I sat in my hotel room. I thought oh, I've got to change this life, but it was. Uh, yeah, it now, was. I've got to say, Cassie. We think that this is the daughter. Like I was lucky enough to open one of Cole's shows. No, that was my eldest daughter. Was it eldest, eldest daughter. daughter. Oh, now th- this Kimbo, is yeah. like. I've got to explain that. Like <laughs> I love comedy and I do comedy, and this man is an idol. Like he's he's one of the pioneers, and one of the greatest comics, as we've said. But it's twenty bucks now. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were at the show, so Cole rings up and says, mate, do you want to open up and do a half an hour? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm going, why do I say that? You know what I mean? Like uh, open up for a Cole Elliott show. And so we go around there and I can remember I'm in the dressing room and Ralphie's there, you're there and you're sort of saying, so you do this and then I'll come on and then we'll do this. And yeah. And the daughter, this person comes around the corner and says, Lindsay Waddington? I go, yeah. And she said, I've heard you're supposed to be funny. You better make me laugh. And turned around and walked off. Oh, you can imagine me nervous because I'm doing this with you. And I'm like, oh, no. So I went out and did it anyway. At the end, it went good, the show. Obviously, you're great and that. But come back and she comes out. That was fantastic. Great show. She said, you were funny. said, hi, I'm Cole's daughter. And I thought, oh. And I didn't know whether you set me up or whether she set me up. But it got me. She said, terrible. I said, yeah. I don't drink. I went straight to the bar. Double scotch, please. <laughs> but but I, I think that yeah like my girls, so it's in the whole family yeah isn't it? oh it is uh, Jody Kim is just she's shocking yeah. she's shocking um, she's got a great sense of humour both girls or three three of the girls all got a good sense of humour our youngest daughter Cassie she's a speech and drama teacher she teaches dancing oh, she's you know and yeah. she's she's at uh, I think this year she's doing Dream World, not Dream World, the Movie World, Movie, yeah. the, the Christmas thing, and she teaches acting, and she, oh, she and she's been in movies and that all that. And uh, they've all got a great sense of humour, you know. And they, they, and I know family's so special. You do like yeah. I've been privy to see you've got one of the closest families, and oh. it's a credit to you, mate. Both of yous, you and Kaz, like in such a a hard game. Oh, it's a very hard game. A very, very hard, hard game, game, but that's a credit to you, but. Let's move I've through. Toured. I've, t- I've toured with oh. a lot of people and I've watched it and I thought, gee, some of them, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to end up like that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, go well, on. We'll move on. And I tell you what, you've had A Your Bloody Mug. Now, that would have had to have been <laughs> the start of that was. Cole, Cole Elliott as a massive iconic yeah, figure. Yeah, it did. It, it, uh, I won't do the whole thing, but <laughs> I did, a, uh, uh, did this piece um, it was about, and I explained it. This is an Italian who who, dis, who came to Australia. He'd been here three days, and his first social outing was a game of Aussie Rules. 
Aussie rules football. And um, so he went and he thought the umpire's name was, hi, you bloody mug. He's the bloke who owns the ball. <laughs> and he just, it, and, it, and it just took off. Yeah. And um, radio picked it up. I was doing a bit of television, Mike Walsh shows and, and, uh, and all the rest of it and the Penthouse Club and all those wonderful people who, who uh, gave me a break in that. And Bert Newton, Bert was a great mate. He pushed it, Ernie Sigley, all those. And they all did it on radio. We miss that a bit these days, don't we? Those TV yeah, shows well, to, for the great. talent? Well, we had variety shows and yeah. I used to, you know, I, and I loved them. I loved them. And, but the uh, audiences did. Oh, you know, they, they did too. But we don't have that now. It's, no. it's all gone. Um, so I got a good break. I did uh, 12 years on the Mike Walsh show. I used to come up there and and, uh, and they used to do sketches and, and then Mike, uh, then um, uh, uh Ray Martin took took over and did Ray Martin's show. Then uh, um, uh, I did the um, uh, oh, oh, everybody. You've done everything. Like you've done everything. You've been on TV doing booper ads. You've been doing like yeah, you, yeah. the face of all ads. Yeah. Everything. You've been there and done it. But yeah. let's go back to that album though. Like mm. as a, a comic, there's singers who get platinum and gold, mm. or gold and platinum, mm. or multi platinum. Mm. You did it as a comic, as a comedian. That's a mm. pretty big thing in a time where I do believe you even had to sell the idea to your manager, I want to do an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, comedy album. It, it was yeah. a corny sort of album, but for its day it was yeah. it was okay. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I'm just trying to think of the name. I'm, just, yeah, I'm getting old. Um, there was a uh, – I took it to a, a, a company – and um, Ron Tudor, yeah. Ron Tudor yeah, festival yeah. It was a festival, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I went to Ron. And I had a meeting with Ron. And I said, oh, "I've got this album. I'm, I'm gonna, you know." And he said, "Oh, Cole, it won't work." And I said, "Why is that, Ron?" He said, "No, you're up against Monday Rock." And I, and I said, "I'm a comedian, you know." I said, "What do you mean, oh, Monday Rock?" And he said, "No, we can't. We couldn't do that, Cole. It won't work." Well, I went with EMI. EMI grabbed it. I went with it. They turned it. It went gold. It went platinum. And I'm getting a, and, and I'm getting presented on the, the TV. And to Ron Tudor, he rings me up and he says, "Cole, I'm glad you never listened to me. Well done, mate. I'm so pleased." And I said, "Ron, thank you so much, mate." He said, "Mate, well done." Because nobody had released a proper album. I mean, Johnny Garfield, a great Sydney comic, had had tapes out and stuff like that, but no one had really pushed for an album and and charted and and done something that was. Like that, and it worked, and uh, and on the basis of that, I built. Well, well you've been yeah. a benchmark, and like That's somebody, right. uh, comics have looked up, and comedians, and that, and like some of the greatest of today have said, you know, like they've had jobs, and that, as you said before, mm. and mm. now with that sort of thing, they call. It's it's amazing when you watch your show and you look at your catalogue of stuff because then you come out with something like Hankies from Nana. Well, Kevin Bloody Wilson wrote that. I know. And, and one of the greatest uh, tearjerkers. Mate, he did. And he, he rang me and he said, Cole, I, uh, because he knows. And every year, I've got to give Kev this, every year he sends me a thing, thank you for your service, mate, you know, because yeah. he knows I'm a vet. And um, he wrote that for me and uh, he said, mate, uh, this is just, this is for the vets. And, and I thought... Oh, I love this. So I, I recorded it and it went crazy. And um, and I always give him credit. He's a great writer. He's a great writer. Check it I mean, out. It, it's I a mean, great song. There's a lot more than bloody uh, Hey Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, he a uh, very, very clever man. Um, so Kev, uh, and it's funny, he's a couple of years older than me. Yeah. Um, he started 
like I think he was 39 or 37 when he started. Mm. And I, uh, so I was, he knew me before he became, he, he was, was Kevin Bloody Wilson before, but he, he was still Dennis. He was a country singer with um, yeah. Rick and Thal and all Rick that. And That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Picking yeah. and singing. Yeah. And then he thought of Kevin Bloody Wilson and away he went. Oh, what and a genius. Made it genius. Unbelievable. genius. Yeah, gone. Yeah. Um, there was a, look, you know, I was very lucky because in an era that I lived in, I well, Bernie, like my manager, love you, Bern. Yeah, great Bern, uh, we were 37 years together and uh, we went everywhere. He put me on with... Uh, Oh, Frankie Lane. Yeah. You know, I and and I, I, I toured with Frankie Lane, Max Bygraves, Matt Munro, Tom T. Hall, all yeah. dogs and children. Yeah. And I love Tom. And I used to visit him in the States. And there was a huge respect between you and Tom. Like he yeah, was one of the greatest yeah. wordsmiths. Oh. But, but he actually could see around all the rubbish that you wrote. And he could yeah. see there was a real genius in the writing of your oh, stuff thank too. You. Thank you for yeah. that. Um, you know, he said to me... Uh, Cole, I'm known as a storyteller. He said, but you're a storyteller too. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, he was so inspiring. And because I had such an interest in the Civil War, hmm. and he used to write about that, and I sent him Banjo Patterson stuff over, and then when I went to the States, we'd all get together, him and I and Bernie, and he'd take me around to some of the old... Um, you know, plantations with the slaves and, and all that history. Yeah. And so he was just a nicest guy. I love Tom. Um, the, the, from him to Tom Jones, I toured with Tom. And uh, what was that like? Oh, I, I, I loved it. I loved The women it, just loved him, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, oh, they did too. And I said, <laughs> I, I've got a picture I've sent you, I think. Um, there's yeah. a picture of me and Tom holding the biggest pair yeah. of bloomers. <laughs> and I had just come off stage because every night, Tom, I'd, I'd do the show. I'd do 40 minutes or an hour or what before Tom would come on. And I'd say every night, come on, girls. Look, here and AIDS, walk and see. I'll take anything. Because Tom was getting all the bloody knickers, you know. And all of a sudden, one night, this big pair of bloomers floated down. And I grabbed it on the edge of me banjo. And then I jumped on it. It's alive. It's alive. Well, Tom's on the side just laughing. I I come off and I've got these after me show and I said, Tom, look at this. And we had we've got a picture taken of they me, are me and Tom. <laughs> and they're huge. You can go camping in them. So I said to Tom, what do we do? He said, I'll sign the crutch. So he, he signed the crutch. Many years later, I was we talking, I was in my office and they had, do you remember when they had um big earthquakes in Newcastle. Yeah. And one of the big clubs I used to do there was really damaged and the manager rang me up. She said, Cole, we're trying to raise some money. He said, is there anything we can raffle? And I looked up and I saw these knickers. I said, I tell you what I got. So I said, I've got a picture of me and Tom Jones holding these knickers that he signed. We'll put them in a frame with the picture and say, you know, and we said we and we got three thousand dollars. Oh, we are good we, on uh, So it was it was really worth it. But Tom was great. But the funniest thing, his band, the old Excelsior Presley boys, all talking like that. How you doing, Cole? I said I'm doing good. And I, when I talked to them, I would have to talk in their their accent so as they, they can understand they, it. because I in Vietnam I, I had guys who just talk like that. How you doing, Cole? I'm doing good. I'm good. You know, and I did. You know. And Bernie could never, when Bernie and I were in Nashville, he could never ring home because he said, I can't, they can't understand. And I'd say, excuse me, ma'am, could you uh, get me a collect call to Sydney, Australia? Uh, yeah, honey, no worries. And he'd yeah. say, how do you do that? You know? <laughs> but anyway, I used to do, 
the accent to yeah, these guys. Yeah. And they were half of them were ex Elvis Presley band, you know. And they say, Cole, we, we, we got a problem. I said, What you got? And I come off stage. We got a problem. Cole, Cole we, 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 uh, we've been sitting here listening to you on stage. Man, we don't know what the hell are you talking about. <laughs> you, you, you talk to me now. I understand what you're saying. As soon as you get out on the stage, man, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're saying. I said, must be the acoustics. <laughs> so, so Tom's here crying because he knows that I'm going out and saying, G'day, everybody. I'm Australian. Then when I come off, they say, hey, Carl. I say, hey, guys, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, but I won't talk to you. <laughs> and they say, we're trying to work it out what, what the hell it is. And, and so the accents have always been... I love doing accents. Oh, and right. when you're doing comedy, if you can colour it with an accent, yeah, uh, it's wonderful. See, little Irish fella talking like that, you know, and, and, and if you're doing the two parts of the characters, you're painting a picture. Yeah. So yeah. I love doing accents, yeah. I love it. Quick one. With um, comedy these days, mm. you had to have because even with what I do, it's changed. Oh, and, of course it but is. Yeah. you starting even way back before then, mm. it's changed a yeah, lot. Of course it is. And now I was talking to you a couple of times, Cole, which I'm lucky to be able to do. You just keep doing what you're doing, don't you? You've I, got I, it. I do, and I do, but I do write. Um, I do write, and, and comedies, uh, uh, and on, comedies are work in progress. Moving really with is. the times. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, we were talking about, we were just talking about before yeah. the COVID thing, you know, and I said, oh, look, you know, it's terrible. You know, I said, I, when that COVID thing came in, oh, my God, what was I going to do? You know, I was in Greece, and I thought, oh, I, and I started getting, oh, I think I'm going to be sick. So I went to the hospital, and it was all in Greek, and I thought, oh, what am I going to do? Then I saw a sign. It's an English-speaking doctor, and I thought, geez, what a great idea. We should have that here, you know. <laughs> So that's what leads you in, and it's not politically correct, no. you know, and it's not. And and then I say, and 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 my dentist, get your clothes off over there. I say, I'm going to change dentists. You know, I mean, it's I'm not. not laughing at this. It's not. It's not. I'm not politically correct. I never will be politically correct. And I see the funny side of it, and I think we're losing a little bit of comedy with that. Yeah. And the songs I write and the stories that I tell, yeah. I mean, oh, my goodness, you know. And I sometimes I was, I was saying to you before, I said, you know, I said, the kids today, I said, when we were kids, um, you know, they're breaking into cars now and they're stealing cars. We used to leave our doors open. And I said, these kids, I said, when I was at school, we used to get a bit of corporal punishment. I said, I remember 12 years old, a middle-aged woman at school beating me with, with, with a cane. And you got to pay good money for that now, you know. <laughs> See, that is not politically correct for a lot of people, but to me that's funny. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you oh, mean. Oh, no. Bernie and I, you know, Bernie and we're in, in New York Airport. Yeah. And I, and one of my favourite actors of all time, when I was when growing up, was Mickey Rooney. Now Mickey Rooney was in um, National Velvet with Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. He was Andy Hardy in the forties. Um, he had done. He had been and done everything. And I was. He intrigued me, you know. And he'd been married eight times, you know. But he. <laughs> But he was one of those actors that just intrigued me. He was a little guy, he was only five foot two. And we're walking through New York Airport and I said to Bernie, there's Mickey Rooney. And he said, where? I said, over there. He said, oh, it is too. I said, oh, I'm going to go and meet him. He said, don't, don't, don't. I said, I said, what's this? And when I said, hey, Mickey, 
And he said, hey, and I said, come here, man. It's so good to talk to you. Man, I haven't seen you for so long. Hey, don't has a family. Oh, they're good, they're good. Oh, man, so good. I meant to call you last week, but I, 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 I got to catch a plane. Give me another hug. And he gave me another hug, and he's walked away. I'll see you. And he said, I said, and I went to Bernie. He said, what are you going to I said, well, he's going to be sitting on that plane saying, who the hell was that? I said, but I got to hug Mickey Rooney. Oh, I love it. So, I love I, you know, it. I, I, but I don't have any... I don't have any filters, unfortunately, you know, so I, no, I love yeah. that. I yeah. love those stories. There's no malice in it. No, no. Like, you're only after a laugh. You're not, yeah. like, I, you're not, you don't see race, you don't see no, no, any don't. of that. And I don't, I tell you what I don't see. I don't do anything with people with any uh, uh, disabilities. I you have a go at me all the time. I know, you, you, you're always <laughs> been a disability. <laughs> uh, but no, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I do, I, ne- I never do that sort of, that sort of comedy doesn't grab no. me. Um, and we're all different. I talked to Rodney Root or Rodney Kept. I yeah. talked to Rod. And he's a great bloke, you know. Mm. Um, they were different. Kev's different. Oh, absolutely. But, but um, it's not the... Murray Fields? Murray Fields. Oh, I worked with Murray Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to do... Um, we did dueling banjos together. Yeah. And it was as funny as buggery, you know. Uh, but I used to work with Murray many, many years ago. And uh, I wrote for some stuff for Murray, which was oh, lovely, really? you know. And uh, he used to do a a character called Bladebone or something. And, yeah. and, uh, was that with the funny hat he wore too? Uh, oh, I used to. Yeah. And he used to throw his jacket off yeah. as he walked and say, I'm not coming back here. And, so. <laughs> um, and he was a wonderful, uh, wonderful comedian. Um, and a song and dance man. You know, yeah. a great actor. Um, so him and Val July. And when I was very, very young, um, I worked at a place called Tiki and John's in Melbourne. John Newman, who they they have... Um, um, Dracula's. Like, Dracula's. That's yes, what, yes, yes. And John, John gave me a routine. Um, he got me to do it on the stage and uh, I rewrote it. And he said to me when I left, he said, I can't keep that. You, it's yours. Because uh, it was... Um, uh, a gardening expert, you know, uh, welcome to getting rooted with Arthur C. Stork. And I did all this, re- oh, it was horrible stuff. But um, they were all good fun, good things, but they're not meant to uh, embarrass anybody. I know, and people, they come to you after and say, I, I had such a good night. And, uh, I, I, and it, it's a lovely th- feeling to watch people. Enjoy, you know. I think that's what people get. Like, uh, so the greatest thing, Cole, you know, you've you've served our country, and we thank you for that. But also, too, mate, you've helped yourself too with therapy and that. I suppose with with laugh. Yeah. But um, you've got yeah. some beautiful messages out there on a serious note, and you're a hell of a musician too, mate. You undersell it because you're such a funny bugger. But you do play banjo. I've even had you come out on stage and play harp. Yeah, you play yeah, harmonica, yeah, yeah. and you love it. Oh, Actually, love, you I love, love it. it. I love all that. Uh, I don't let music interfere with me playing, <laughs> but I do love my music. I play my guitar, and uh, I, I enjoy it. And I and I do, you know, I I do enjoy doing the bit of country that I do. Yeah. I love country music. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, oh, Roger Chugley. I used to love all that. Roger Miller, um, as I said, poor old, poor old um, um, Jamie Davis. I love Jamie because oh, he's a great singer. He's a great singer too. And I used to t- take him on tour with me all the time. I used to love him. He's, uh, I'm lucky to get him now. He's that bloody famous. But Jamie, um, I'd say to him, now I want you to do um, uh, 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 
uh, rawhide, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Frankie, Frankie uh, Lane. And, and he go, you know, I said, you know, an old cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. And he'd start playing it and, and then I'd chuckle and come out and say, he had his mother's dress on, I think that he was gay. And, and he said, oh, don't do that. And I said, oh, look at me chaps. <laughs> and I used to say, he said, no, I'm not doing that. And I loved it. But we used to have some very, very funny times. And, uh, but that's and like Al Caswell, we great. What a yeah, great writer, yeah. and has written some great stuff. He's incredible, he's mate. Incredible. He, he, I did a thing called All Gave Some, which Jamie did with me when on the film clip. But Alan wrote yeah. that and yeah. rang me yeah. up. He said, "Cole, you're a vet. I want you to have this." And uh, I just love it. I mean, I love Dean Martin. I love I love Burbley. Um, I, I used to love Dinah Lee, and I used to tour with all those guys. You know. Well, if um, you could have been anything else but a comedian. What do you reckon you'd be doing? Like if, because you've you've gone to the heights. So there's not there's nothing else you could you could achieve as a comedian. But if you could have been in another field, or I would have liked to pursue more acting. I think yeah, um, because I, I've done some film work and whatever, yeah. and I've I've got an agent and all the rest of it. But I was offered, and I tell you, there's a funny little thing. Um, I was offered a part many many years ago, many many years ago, in the Sullivans. Yeah, and I was offered a 10-week film mm-hmm. thing. But Bernie and I were on the middle of a tour and couldn't do it. So I didn't do it. And Michael Caton got the job. Uh, <laughs> and I went, why didn't I take that? Why didn't I take I love Michael Caton. Oh, I yeah, love him. Absolutely. But he did the gig. And he yeah. was the uncle in the Sullivans. But I was offered that gig. And that's my claim to fame. I nearly got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I loved... Uh, I loved... I loved... Um, I loved Dramatic acting, I, I enjoy. I enjoy showing the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um, I, I can cry on cue if you kick me. You know, but no, no. I, I, can, do, I can do a serious side. But I, comedy, I love comedy. Yeah, I, but well, people do need to laugh. And I go out there and I try and give them a night off. They want to laugh. I am do a little bit of political stuff. But it's, it's funny political stuff. Yeah. You know, but it's not meant to offend. No, no. Um, so I do take the mick. Um, <laughs> and, and sometimes, and I watch people just break up with it because it's obvious stuff, but you can't make it too obvious. You've got to surprise them. You've yeah, still yeah, got, to have, yeah. got to have a tag. Just before we go quickly, we've run out of time, but just a quick one, Colt. There's a saying that's quite famous around people who's done supports and toured with you Chookers. Chookers. On the road. Mate, thank you very, very much for that. Chookers, okay. You know where they come from? No, tell everyone. Yeah, okay, oh, okay. I do, but yeah, you tell you everyone. You do know everybody. Yeah. Okay, back in the old days in the in the 1900s and whatever, um, when they do a show, if the show was successful and they had a lot of, they would have chook, chicken, after the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they'd say, chookers for the show, because they would get a feed of chicken. Yep. Like, I mean, now you can go to Coles. With 10 bucks, you can go down to Coles. Yeah. Uh, 12 bucks now. Geez, they're going up, aren't they? <laughs> But we, but in those days, roast chicken was very big yeah. deal, you know, and that's what chookers come from. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So show. I always say it to, you know, chookers, mate, you know. But I even know I was doing a tour with Jamie Davis and you said, chookers for tonight, boys. Yeah. And it's it's just a part of what you do and it's, it's such yeah. a kind thing, but it means more than just a saying. It does, it does. Yeah. But I, I'm not real big time into technology, but I do understand. I'm a bit past emails now, um, <laughs> but I'm a bit past um, those sort of things. But I... I uh, 
I'm following Facebook, and it's it, it's it's all so different. I remember different back in the day, uh, I'm doing a radio interview, and I've got a roadie behind me feeding two bobs, twenty cents, into the <laughs> thing. Press button A. Hello, hey, there's Collie. Yeah, push button. And that's how you did your. Yeah, there was no phones, none no. of that sort of stuff. Now you can't go anywhere without your phone. It's everything. It's yeah, everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So no, it's a, look. It's a. I. I was very fortunate. I, I, I toured with some and worked with some beautiful people, and yourself. I'm not yeah. uh, uh, peeing in your pocket, but we we, we complement each other because I love the way you play guitar. I just thank you, mate. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't thank believe you. you can do it upside down. <laughs> I think it's just amazing. But you're a great picker, and when you've got someone behind you, it's easy to blow harp to. Yeah, you can because yeah. you could pick up on the beat and all the rest of it. And I love good guitarists and love good musos, and I really do. There's a lot of people that I I do love in country music that I re- you know Kenny Kenny Rogers. I oh mean yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah uh, George George Strait. I, I think uh, got to be Amarillo by morning. My God, how one of the greatest you know, songs, yeah. isn't it? You know, Cowboy Rides Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just love all that stuff. And I, I in fact, if you go in my car. You listen to George Strait all the way. The Beatles, yeah. I listen to the uh, Bee Gees. I, mate, I go right across the board. Mm. And I love country. Country music's great. I love country. And you always put a lot of that into your show. I know mm. whoever you get generally does country songs. It's not, you know, oh, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah, a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, Cole, it's been a real pleasure having you here today, mate. mate. Honestly, from a personal point, I, I mean everything I say. Um, oh, thanks, mate. There's nothing more you could achieve. I love how you've done it and kept your family together. Oh, I've my family. That's... But, um... From, oh, like we missed one thing, you something like 15 or 16 or 17 years, you were the, the backbone of the Golden Guitar Awards. I, well, yeah. I used to, I did open it. And in between all the ads. And, yeah, yeah, and I used to yeah. do all that. For, and then everything changed. They, a new television person, and they said, who are you? And I said, oh, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, everything changed. But everything does change too. And I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, but I... I still, it's funny, I always say this, I still, you still feel young and I still feel like I'm bloody 30 and I ain't. (laughs) You've still got the energy, you've still got the love for your craft. Cole's still out on the road doing great stuff. Make sure you get onto YouTube and follow him. Get along, he's got some great recordings coming out soon, original stuff and he's been talking about it. And wonderful shows, still great shows. If you want good, good fun, go along. 30 bucks now. (laughs) He's done, he's done well, 30 bucks. I'll give you 25 back for saying I'm good. Uh, <laughs> not a bad picker. That's five bucks, five bucks. <laughs> but, uh, nah, good on you, Wado. Thanks, Cole. More it's been a pleasure, be. mate. Love you, bro. Cole Elliott, one of our best ever. Thanks, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed today's episode. For more episodes, you can check out my YouTube channel or the podcast app and follow my social media at Lindsay Waddington Music. See you all down the track somewhere.